0: Dinosaurs are still a hot topic for creationists to explain. Have dinosaurs ever been found with mammals or people? Stay tuned for some surprising answers.
1: Get ready for faith-encouraging information starting right now. And for even more, visit creation.com. Biblical creationists believe that dinosaurs lived with people. Right. On day six God created dinosaurs, or land animals, and people, so dinosaurs lived with people and lived with all the other animals. So according to the Bible, what, what we believe, what biblical right. creationists believe, is dinosaurs lived alongside all the other animals. Well, a question that has been thrown at us is then how come we don't find other animal fossils buried with dinosaur fossils? Right.
0: Um, and of course when I was in school I brought into the evolutionary paradigm, usually you'd see a diagram like this uh, on your screen where you know, basically they'd say well you only find these creatures buried in these layers and then you know there's an upward progression and right. finally you get to the dinosaurs and then you get some mammals and finally you get people on the scene. Yes. So it's always that progression. Now I know that that's not always the way it's found, there is a, a, a pattern to the fossil record but Um, a a lot of times what we find in the ground doesn't actually match that evolutionary story. So one day I I took three hours at the office and I went looking uh, online and I looked for evidence that showed modern type creatures buried with dinosaurs. So let me just share some of the results. Here's what they've actually found. The first article I found was called Cretaceous duck ruffles feathers. Well why did the finding of this duck ruffle these scientists feathers? Because it was found in a rock layer that they believe is 70 million years old. So now you've got ducks Living with dinosaurs. <laughs> then I found this one: dinosaur-era bird, surprisingly duck-like. Now I thought it was a repeat of the first article, but I, I kept reading, and actually it wasn't. This this duck-like creature is supposedly 110 million years old. So this is 40 million years older. Okay. They say uh, that the soft tissues were preserved, uh, including flight feathers and webbing like a duck's between the bird's toes. It's supposedly 110 million years old. Um, they called it a Gansus. Because it always sounds cooler if you give it a Latin name, I guess. You know? Right, sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, here's a, a picture of what the, an artist drew. But it's got modern characteristics like knobby knees. Uh, it was an underwater swimmer. Preserved skin of the webbed feet. Again, this is supposedly 110 million years old. And they've still found the, you know the webbing and all this stuff. <laughs> and I thought it was an interesting quote at the end of the article. It said, it may have looked like a duck. And acted like a duck, but Gansus was
1: no duck. There's, there's a saying that
0: kind of goes the other direction <laughs>
1: that most people might be familiar with. It looks like a duck and quacks
0: it, like a duck. It's probably a duck, but right. they, they don't think it's a duck because it, you know, it's 110 years, million years old. So, Anyway, uh, we don't believe in this uh, timeline, of course, but we're just showing you what people have found. Well, then I found this one. It was a, it was a flying squirrel. Now, I used to work with my, my folks up in Pickle Lake in Ontario, Canada, and my mom was always trying to protect her pies and stuff like that from flying squirrels. Well, this <laughs> flying squirrel is supposedly uh, 60, at least 65.5 million years old, so now the squirrels have been living with dinosaurs. Then I found this one. It was a 120-million-year-old platypus, and uh, it's got the, the electrosensors down its bill. It looks like any kind of modern platypus, So now platypus have been living with dinosaurs according to the fossil record. Wow. Then I found this one, Easter surprise, world's oldest rabbit bones found. Well this guy's supposedly uh, 53 million years old, but the, the researcher who found him, Dr. Weibel, said he wouldn't be surprised if he went out into the field and found an 80 million year old rabbit. So according to evolutionists,
1: they have no problem believing that, yeah, you know... He's open to the idea to having rabbits 80 million years old living right. at the same time as dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yep. Interesting.
0: Then I found this one, it's a, it's a beaver, it's a, <laughs> it's a 154 million year old beaver. So now the beavers and the dinosaurs have been living together. Then this one, a hundred and thirty million year old, well, they didn't know what it was, uh, but it had eaten a dinosaur because the stomach contents contained the, the digest, digested remains of a oh, okay. of, a, so of a Pretty pretty sure that it
1: lived at the same time as the dinosaurs <laughs> right? then.
0: Yeah, and they called it a rapinomamus <laughs> robustus, which you know, again, this sounds cool if you get a Latin name, but that rapidomamus robustus looks like a modern-day honey badger. Now, Basically, what, it, what the fossil record is showing here, I mean, for those of you watching, has your age of dinosaurs picture that, you know, you grew up with, with all the dinosaur books, with the volcano blasting off in the back, has it changed any in the last three minutes since we've been going through this? You don't usually picture, you know, T-Rex walking along, you know, and, and quack, 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 <laughs> quack,
1: and a dinosaur. The sky. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, and we've just, you know, really skimmed through very quickly what they've actually found.
1: So, and you, um, you said you found all these in like three hours of, of oh yeah, just a just, simple internet just, search. Just, that's right. amazing. Lots,
0: lots of uh, evidence that, that you know, modern type creatures have existed alongside dinosaurs. So um, great evidence for what the Bible said that there was a global flood and that's where the creatures died
1: out. So why don't we find human fossils with dinosaurs? Uh, evolutionists say that well if you find two animals in the fossil record buried together then they live together. Right. And you're not going to find a dinosaur and a rabbit for example fossilized together because those animals didn't live together is right. what the evolutionists have said. Right. Well we just looked at things that well maybe that maybe that doesn't work so well. Right. Rabbits maybe did live back at the time of dinosaurs. Yep. But what about human fossils? Right, well
0: um, when you really think about it, uh, th- this argument, well if you don't find them together then they didn't live together. Uh, first we want to handle that because, um, for example, coelacanths. A coelacanth was a creature 65 point something million years old, supposedly. It was supposedly the creature that crawled out and you know, became the, the land creatures and stuff like that. Well, they found live ones now. So, now, now here's yes. the point. Um, you know, we don't find humans and coelacanths buried together. We haven't found that yet. But supposedly, right. according to the evolutionary timeline, well, we've we've coexisted. You say, okay, well, yeah, but humans are modern, so they didn't live with the coelacants, didn't find them buried, but supposedly coelacants and whales have lived together for millions and millions of years, and in the same environment. I mean, you wouldn't really expect a dinosaur and a person to be living close together, et cetera, et cetera, but coelacants and whales, are, and we haven't found them either. Right. But yeah. when, you, when you think about people uh, being buried at the time of the Flood, I mean, we don't know how many people would have... Been on the planet, you know. Yeah, from creation. estimate. Yeah, yeah. You you might say 10 million if you you just do a, a calculation. Start with two people and basic and, and population growth. Yeah, that's right. Six, yeah. you know, so, sixteen hundred years after. Yeah, after if, the creation. if we
1: play with some of these numbers, the, the, what would the human population be, in the right. land mass, and so on, and then and then kind of work in. Well, what volume of of fossil-bearing strata, do we have? Right, and we've done some of those calculations. Yeah, so if you if you've got 10 million people at the time of the flood,
0: and you preserve their bodies completely, every bone <laughs> in the body, every me, one of the 10 million, right? Then you'd find about one skeleton in every 70 cubic kilometers of sedimentary rock uh, on the planet. So even if everybody had been completely fossilized, you're not going to expect that. Yeah, fossilization
1: is a, is a very specialized process. Right, and the yeah. the,
0: the, the you know, skeletons get torn apart and things like that. So the chances of finding a human a fossil anyway, compared to the volume of other creatures and other species, and we would have been completely outnumbered. By, uh, by all the other creatures that God created at the time. Right. So yes. uh, it would be hard to, to find them because if you look at the fossil record, you've got about 95% of what we find is marine invertebrates. Right, then you've got about 2% marine vertebrates, and then the rest is plants and land dwellers. You'd, you actually don't find a lot of land-dwelling creatures in the fossil record. And so we're outnumbered. Uh, you don't find a lot of those fossils anyway. But here's the other thing. Uh, scientists tend not to find what they're not looking for. Funny how that works. Yeah, here's a, <laughs> uh, a leading paleontologist, um, Donald Burge, and he makes a startling admission. Uh, in Carl uh, Werner's book, he interviewed this man. He said this. We find mammals in almost all of our dinosaur dig sites. These were not noticed years ago. We have about 20,000 pounds of bentonite clay that has mammal fossils that we're trying to give away to some researcher. It's not that they're not important. It's just that you only live once, and I specialize in something other than mammals. I specialized in reptiles and dinosaurs. To me, this was a startling admission. He's saying, <laughs> well, wait a second." We find mammals, you know, when
1: I was growing up as a kid, I was looking through my dinosaur books, I was thinking, well, you never find Yeah, that was a no-no. Mammals and dinosaurs living at the oh, same time? You're, wow, you're not going to find a
0: rabbit, you're not going to find a duck with a dinosaur. I mean, they lived at completely different right, times. Right. Well, he's just admitting that, well, no, we find this all the time, but, you know, I mean, I've got all this clay. If you want to go sifting through it and find out what's in there, I'm not interested, I'm just interested in the dinosaurs. I'm interested in what was living together at the same time, right? So perhaps, you know, there are some human bones that have been found with this. They're not even not even looking for it. If you if you don't think it's happened, I mean we don't know for sure. Right. But uh, you know here's a case where this fellow uh, um, Tim White he 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 thinks he's found a uh, a hominid a collar bone. And so he of course he's thinking about human evolution. He's found this bone. Ah right. turns out it's a it's a rib of a dolphin. We work with scientists, very brilliant people, but they they still have to make guesses. Right, and so uh, maybe we have found some human and dinosaur bones together, but <laughs> maybe we haven't. We we don't know. But number one, uh, just to recap, vastly outnumbered. You wouldn't expect to find uh, uh, human bones um, like that, and uh, and perhaps they have been found together, but right. nobody's really noticed yet.
1: Yes. So. Now, if if dinosaurs really lived recently, right alongside people, which right. is what the Bible plainly says, right. then. What other evidences might we expect to find if humans and dinosaurs lived together? Right. Fairly recently. If people and dinosaurs have interacted, then there should
0: be evidence of it. Right. Now, what's interesting is you will often uh, see sometimes people equate dinosaurs with dragons. You've heard creationists say that before. There's dragon legends all over the world from virtually all people groups. They've described seeing these huge reptilian
1: beasts, uh,
0: et cetera, et cetera. And this has been kind of mythologized. But even in the World Book Encyclopedia in 1973, we hear this quote, the dragons of legend are strangely like actual creatures that have lived in the past. They are much like the great reptiles, dinosaurs, which inhabited the earth long before man is supposed to have appeared on earth. So they're even noting this, they're saying, well wait a second, if people have these descriptions of, of creatures that sound like dinosaurs, call them dragons because dinosaurs is a modern word, um, that's kind of strange because dinosaurs and people aren't supposed to have lived together. Right. And uh, a scientist and an atheist, Louis Jacobs, um, author and, and former president of the Society of Vertebrate Paleontology, made this really startling claim here. He said, well, you don't want to associate dinosaurs with dragons. Why? Such an association would dispel an earth with vast antiquity. The entire history of creation, including the day of rest, could be accommodated in the seven biblical days of the Genesis myth evolution would be vanquished. That is huge. He's saying, wait a second, don't, don't, don't equate dinosaurs and dragons because that's going to blow evolution out of the water. So
1: if dinosaurs lived recently that blows the evolutionary time scale out which of right. course destroys evolution itself. Exactly and
0: then you wow. can't be an atheist because you have to believe in evolution to yes. be an atheist. So what is some of the evidence here? Well you know St. George and the dragon, that was written as Famous real history. dragon legend, yeah. yes. But of yep. course you know, it's been mythologized, the flag of Wales actually has a dragon on it. Um, some of the biblical commentaries from several hundred years ago, actually referenced people seeing dragons,
1: right. very old right? books.
0: Yep. yes. Uh, the um, zodiac, the Chinese zodiac, has all these animals that we readily recognize, modern and it's got Real a dragon, animals Yeah.
1: plus a dragon. Why
0: myth- one mythological uh, dragon. Marco Polo,, you know, he was a well-known historian, and he describes seeing these huge reptilian beasts, these dragons. Uh, Some of the artifacts we found, of course, one of the oldest artifacts ever found was this Mesopotamian cylinder seal. And if you look at the creatures there, four legs, big long neck, big big, uh, long tail... Looks like a, you know some one of the sauropod dinosaurs. Uh, the head looks right. a little different, but you don't know what that's could be soft tissue. You it's know interesting what it too like.
1: how they, they have their necks wrapped around each other that way.
0: Yeah, and uh, keep that in mind because uh, uh, some other interesting artifacts they found. Um, of course, dracorex. Uh, you did an article on that in that in Creation Magazine. Yeah, a little yeah. article. And uh, you know what does it look like? I mean, even the, the people who funded it here. There's a little sign down there. That says it says it's a it's a dinosaur that looks like a dragon. Uh, Well, that's
1: what we've been saying all along. To make the connection between dinosaurs and dragons even stronger. I mean, here's a thing that looks like a dragon.
0: Um, Carl Sagan, once called the smartest man in America, of course he's an atheist, wrote the book Dragons of Eden, trying to explain why people groups all over the world have these memories of seeing these dinosaurs that they called dragons.
1: So he's not a a Christian. What did he say?
0: Well, basically he came up with this thought that Basically in our past, when we were just some greedy little you know, mammal or something, we saw these dinosaurs and it was so frightening that it imprinted in, their, in our memories, somehow in our DNA and that memory got passed along till finally we evolved into humans. Here we are and we remember seeing these things but of course we didn't live with those. I mean that's preposterous.
1: And that's what he said in his book.
0: That's what he and said in his book. Um, wow. he, he makes a connection between dragons. Uh, he says that you know many cultures have these legends and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So just, just astounding uh, evidence. Uh, Cambodia, uh, 800 years ago they carved this stone column. You look in the center of the column, what's it look like? I, I do dinosaur talks with kids, four legs, you can see the creature's tail, the plates on its back, you've got seven-year-old kids, that's a stegosaurus. Well. They didn't have dinosaur books in Land Before Time and Jurassic right. Park 800 years ago in Cambodia.
1: So maybe they had real live dinosaurs.
0: Well it would make sense that that's probably what they, they saw. Yeah. Here's uh, uh, Bishop Bell, um, uh, his, his uh, tomb in Carlisle Cathedral. You see the creatures there. Uh, they look like dinosaurs. And look, they've got their, their necks wrapped around each other too, just like the Mesopotamian cylinder seal. Separated hundreds of years uh, chronologically and hundreds of miles distance uh, geographically, and yet people record the same activity.
1: Another one of the challenges that evolutionists have thrown at biblical creationists in this, uh, the history of dinosaurs is uh, dinosaur trackways. You find in the fossil record uh, fossilized dinosaur footprints and even egg nests and so on where dinosaurs have laid, de- laid eggs and then that's buried and there's another level that has the same thing. And that's buried and there's another level. And they said in the year-long flood that you Biblical creationists are talking about, you can't explain multiple nesting horizons. So, Cal, right. how do we answer that? Well, of course the idea is that that sediment
0: was laid down very slowly over millions of years. So if you've got this here, then you've got another layer up here, let's say eggs, that was separated by millions but of years. In the
1: evolutionary, in story, the evolutionary story,
0: Yes. But if the, that, those sediment layers got laid down quickly, you're not talking millions of years. All it, all it did is it got laid down in separate events, not necessarily millions of years. So again, it's your paradigm of the way you're, you're looking at this. Is that a bunch of time? Could those sediments have been laid down quickly? Many people, I think, have a simplistic understanding of what biblical creationists believe the flood actually did. It wasn't just an event where you know something popped open and water just came up and went down and, and that's it. Right. Uh, of course, you weren't there. It's a one-time, one-off event. But when you look at things like the tsunamis, I mean, you look at look at you know some of the the footage from Japan. You know, when the, when the tsunami hit the. Hit the wave. Or there's lots of stuff online. Just go on yeah. YouTube, and you can watch. So this.
1: basically, we're suggesting that maybe a very simplistic view of the flood is not what we should be looking at here to explain multiple exactly. dinosaur nesting horizons. You- the water may have come up in in jerks and spurts and so on.
0: That's right, and or even in, in in massive waves. Like you look at the tsunami. You know, you get this huge bunch of water and sediment comes in, and then it goes back out again, and then it comes back in. Right. That's one of the you know the. Uh, The signs of a tsunami, when you see it go out and you go, oh that doesn't look too good, right? Mudslides, multiple situations, you've got 40 days and 40 40 nights of rain recorded in the the Bible as well. Some people think that's all the flood was though. No, this is a year-long event. Yeah, you know, a little over fa- a year. Founds from... of the Great yeah. Deep bursting, a, yeah. lot, a lot of things there. Okay, um, Let's look at a scenario here. You know, Let's say you've got, a, got some dinosaurs running along and of course you've got a big wave, bang, it gets hit, it's also going to get covered with sediment, it, it dies. Well you've got the one trackway there that they were, they were all on but all of a sudden there's new um, sediments new on sediment top of that. New sediment rapidly deposited. Yep. That's right and the fact that you can actually find dinosaur tracks means that that, that sediment solidified very quickly right? Boom, you've got another uh, bunch of uh, deposit, maybe the water retreats for a while, that animal's still there. And then of course m- fast-moving water, if, if it went out and then it comes back in, it might start um, you know re- re-gouging out the areas, things like that, because one of the arguments is, how can you find a dinosaur scavenged and then sediment on top of that, and then another layer, and then you've got like dinosaur eggs, for example. Right. Well, when the, the, the carcass gets exposed, it gets scavenged, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you can see that it, it's just not as simplistic. If you, all these multiple catastrophes, kind of going along in this in this one right. one catastrophe. You can you can kind of see that.
1: So we can imagine scenarios, and it's not too difficult to do that, and right. they're fairly you know, realistic scenarios that would account for multiple dinosaur nesting. Exactly. Horizons. Now, these uh, multiple eggs, for example,
0: um, at different levels. One of the interesting things about them is um, pathological eggs. Uh, some creatures, when they're they they feel unsafe, they don't lay their eggs. They'll retain them, and they'll start getting multiple layers around them. So they'll have multiple layered shells. Or if they eject them too quickly because they're, they're they feel unsafe, uh, they, they they're they're very thin eggs. And what they've found with a lot of the dinosaur eggs that they have found is that m- many of them are pathological, and a much higher percentage
1: of pathological eggs than you would normally expect to find in, in a regular creature. So okay, so we would say that the, the dino- that's an indication that the dinosaurs were under some type of stress right. when those eggs were laid. Running back and forth, you know, and all of a sudden maybe drop their eggs and, and run away, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Um, also you don't find vegetation with the dinosaurs often. So you, you, you find their bodies but there's no vegetation in the layer. What were they eating? It, what you're finding is buried eggs, buried tracks, buried dinosaurs. and and other creatures, but you're not finding buried ecosystems.
1: Okay, so that's the suggestion that maybe that layer has not been exposed for a a long period of time. That's right, before another uh, layer got in. Some of these dinosaur
0: freeways, they call them, they're they're trackways. One of them extends from northeast New Mexico to north central Colorado. It's huge, again, suggesting this isn't just some river or lakeside or or, or whatever like that, that this was evidence of the global flood.
1: Okay, for our feedback section what we're looking at is a, is an email. Uh, often in these sections we're looking at feedback that comes through the website. People look at the articles or they have a question that isn't answered in the more than 8,000 articles on creation.com. <laughs> so here's someone who, uh, who wrote in about vestigial organs. These are, these are apparently useless evolutionary leftovers from our evolutionary past, organs that we still have in our bodies. Now creationists have refuted this many many times, yeah. there's a lot of details on creation.com. Uh, this person writes, greetings I was wondering if you could write an article that refuted this article here, and he references an updated, basically what it is, is an updated version of the vestigial, argument, vestigial organs argument. Right, modern vestigial organ arguments so to speak. Yes." That apparently haven't been refuted yet. Right. So off we go. Let's yeah. uh, let's have a look at what our what, how our staff responded to this.
0: Right. So uh, extrinsic ear muscles. The evolutionist said, "Well, look, some people's ears. You know, you can wiggle them. One of my brothers can do that. Actually, he can actually wiggle his ears, which is pretty. It's kind of amusing. Well, I can do it, but I won't do it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can show me later. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Uh, well." You know, so some people can do it, some people can't. And they're saying, well, you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe we used to fold our ears over when we were, you know, more animalistic or, or whatever like that. Yes. But, you know, because some of the larger muscles, well, you can see obvious uses for them. So what could, could these be? But, um, you know, muscles, uh, like when you don't use the muscles a lot, the atrophy, like, like an astronaut in outer space or whatever, like that. So, the fact that some people have it and some people don't, maybe if we all practice wiggling our ears, uh, maybe we could all do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just exercise those muscles. But it, it's in principle impossible to, to prove that you know, a, a muscle or an organ doesn't have a function um, because you might find a, a, a function for it later on. Right. And one of our own scientists suggested that perhaps the movement of, of the ear muscles can help remove uh, wax from your ears. Because your ears are constantly expelling that so when you're smiling or chewing or whatever or the ear muscles move perhaps
1: it's, it's moving, moving it out. But anyway. Okay so there may be use for that. That's right. Wisdom teeth is another one that's commonly thought of. Well we're losing our wisdom teeth or we don't need them anymore, it's a useless, uh, useless tooth left over from evolution <laughs> right. and so on. But wisdom teeth seem to only be a problem in countries, in most countries nowadays, where the food is soft. Right. In other countries, where in, in some countries where the, where you need to chew more for your food, it, wisdom teeth are not a problem. They're not a leftover. They don't they don't cause problems. So this indicates it's more of a um, the dietary well, a thing.
0: Dietary thing. Than, yes. than uh, evolutionary leftover. And uh, the third eyelid. Um, you know. Um, this evolutionist actually suggesting that this is a, a leftover a, evolutionary you know something like that but but it has a critical function um, it actually secretes a, a sticky substance you know when you get that crust in your eyes in the morning yeah well th- this this uh organ actually is secreting this this stuff so it'll you know anything that goes in your eye it wraps it with a protective coating and then it comes down and then it's expelled from the eye so it's a very functional um a okay, piece of so equipment. It's still very valuable.
1: That's right, it's not vestigial at all or useless. Yeah, and, and in many of these cases there's a lot more details on creation.com. We know that we're rushing through right. these things here and we're just trying to uh, give an overview of, of some of these things. For example, why do males have nipples? <laughs> um, that, it, it, every once in a while, this, this person asks the question yep. or just answering the question. Um, it, that's part of design economy. You, you, it's a good designer of, you, designs two similar things. It's gonna to try to keep good engineering from one to the other. And there's a question as to whether or not they're useless anyways. There's yeah. nerves that go there, blood blood vessels and so on. They That's seem right. to be a regular part of a man's chest. Yeah. And they seem that, that here's a possible function, they're involved in in sexual stimulation. Right. And no yeah. evolutionist is suggesting that in the past
0: males. Suckled their young or anything like that. So yes, <laughs> it's kind of silly. Uh, Erector uh, pileae. These are uh, muscles that, you know, when your hair stands on end, you know, when you're cold or you're scared, and uh, they've said, well, you know why? Why do we have these animalistic? You know, our hair stands on end and stuff like that. Well, right. actually, when you when you raise your hairs, it, it actually um, there's airflow uh, flows differently. It actually makes you warmer. It traps some air. It, yeah. It traps yeah. some air, makes you warmer. Um, so there's there's actually uh, and, and even muscle contraction itself helps you retain body heat. Right. Now we, we can go through a whole bunch of these, and you can go to the the article on, online. Just look up vestigial organs, but. See, the the thing that the evolutionists aren't understanding is creationists allow for a a deterioration of a perfect creation. Absolutely. Uh, This argument actually falls apart because even if you had an organ in the past that was good, and now it's worse or it's degenerate, that's not evidence for evolution, that's evidence for
1: devolution. going the wrong way, isn't it? It's going in the wrong way. Both the Creation Magazine Live TV show and this podcast are produced by Creation Ministries International, a global think-tank organization dedicated to disseminating the huge amount of scientific evidence for the accuracy of the biblical account of the origin of our universe. If you'd like to donate to keep this information coming, go to creation.com donate. And thanks for listening.